After talking about effective discipline for the last two episodes, I told you that this week I would share with you some ways that you can change the dynamic in your youth ministry so that your youth are more inclined to listen to you and then you won't have to use discipline as often. And that's exactly what this episode is about. I've got nine different things that you can do that will hopefully help you shift the dynamic, change the culture a little bit, change your relationship, which will in turn make your youth more inclined to follow instructions and do what you ask them to do. My name is Michael Collins. This is Maximize Youth Ministry. This show exists to help you gain skill and confidence in youth ministry. Thank you for listening, and I really hope you love the show today. So the first thing I want to talk about is just the reason that these nine things will work, and it's because youth ministry is about relationship. All ministry is about relationship, but youth ministry is especially about relationship because adults can learn and listen to somebody that they don't like or don't have a relationship with and still kind of get something out of it, but a lot of times kids won't. If a kid or a teen does not trust you, they don't have any relationship with you, they don't like you, they're going to shut out everything that you try to tell them. They're going to rebel. Even if they go through the motions of following instructions in their heart, they're going to be just looking for ways to get back at you for forcing them to do something they don't want to do. On the flip side, if you have a really strong relationship with them, they're willing to listen and do what you ask even when they don't want to or they disagree with you. Not always. Again, nothing's ever 100% seems like in youth ministry, but it goes a long way. As trust increases, behavioral issues decrease. So let's jump right into the first thing that you can do to build trust in a relationship is to play with them. I've already talked about this at least once, I know, in the episode that I did on games. I believe I told you play is the language of kids, and that is so true. Play is how kids communicate with each other. That's how they learn from each other is they act things out. They play together and you should be playing with the kids. It Not only is it fun, I mean, come on, why, why else are we in youth ministry? We get to play with kids for a job. That's awesome. But also there's almost nothing else that you can do that will help you build a relationship with a child or a teenager more than playing with them. It's just more difficult to get teenagers to play sometimes. So make sure that you're playing with the kids every chance that you get. Don't just be the one facilitating the games. Get in there, throw some dodgeballs or whatever it is that you're going to be doing, but play with the kids. That helps you so much to form connections and have fun. All right, second one, provide for their needs and physical needs, literally feed and water them. <laughs> which seems simple, and it is simple, but there's a couple reasons that I'm including this in the list. First off, when you provide a child with food, when you literally hand them some, something to eat, it helps to lower their guard. It helps to show them on a psychological level, hey, this person is providing for me. They're here to take care of me, and it helps to lower the defenses a little bit. But also, when kids get hungry, when their blood sugar drops, it affects their emotions. It affects their cognitive ability, just like it does with you. When I'm sure you're aware, when you go all day without eating, you're going to get hangry. Hangry is a real thing. It's not just a funny word that people made up. When your blood sugar goes down, your 
emotional instability or dysregulation rises. It's harder for you to control your emotions and your mood. Same thing goes for kids. Also, hydration. When you become dehydrated, your cognitive ability drops. Your ability to process and work through emotions goes down. When I was the camp director of a Christian summer camp, one of the best things that we did for helping the keep the kids on their best behavior was to provide all of them with water bottles. So if you're at a camp, if you're in a, a S or camp setting at all, make sure the kids have water bottles or at least easy access to a water fountain somewhere. Okay, next one. Number three, give them as much choice as possible. Nobody likes to just be told what to do all the time. They're not in prison. Anytime you can, let them choose what they want to do. Choose where they want to go, what they feel like doing, what they want to eat. Just give them as much choice as you possibly can. And make sure that it's a real choice as well. If you tell a kid, hey, listen, you can either play this game with everybody else or I can call your mom and she can come pick you up. That's not a real choice, all right? You're saying, hey, you can either participate or I can punish you. That's not a choice. Give them an actual choice. Let them choose. Hey, do you want to go outside or do you want to do this arts and crafts project? Or if you are correcting some misbehavior of some sort, you can say, hey, Johnny, you can't throw your Pringles. Do you want to eat them or do you want to set them on the counter for a little bit and go and do something else and burn off some energy? That's a real choice. Johnny might not want to eat his Pringles and that's why he was throwing them like we talked about in the last episode or two episodes ago. I don't remember. But when you give kids a choice, it helps to create that relationship and helps them understand, hey, I'm here. You are there to help them. You're there to work with them to try and help them to have fun and to learn. You're not there just to bark orders at them and force them to do things that they don't want to do. And the next one goes right along those same lines. Whenever possible, we want to avoid saying no. We want to avoid those hard cutoffs of stop, don't do that, which obviously they're kids. You're going to have to say that sometimes. But If it's not a dangerous situation and you don't need to just stop what they're doing immediately, you can say, instead of saying, don't go over there, you can say, hey, would you mind staying over here? And I know that sounds a little bit like overkill. Like, why in the world couldn't you just say, don't go over there? It means the same thing. And it does. It does pretty much mean the same thing. But one of them is just much easier for kids to digest, to handle. It's much less likely to upset them or make them feel talked down to or like they don't have any choice or free will. And I'm going to be honest, for the majority of the kids that you probably work with, it's not going to make too much of a difference. But we do get kids from rough backgrounds, kids that have trauma in their life. And those are the kids that this can make a huge difference with. And I'm not going to go into all of everything that has to do with trauma right now, but episode 32 I did on understanding trauma. If you've got kids from rough home situations in your youth ministry, I suggest you go and listen to that. But anytime we can redirect or give another option or encourage them to do something else instead of saying, no, stop doing that, it's just going to go over a little bit smoother and it's going to make us more appealing to them as people, as somebody that they want to have a relationship with because we're not the person just telling them no and stopping them every time they want to have fun. Okay, the next one is set up routines. Set up as much as possible. 
set up a routine, set up a schedule that you stick to, that way kids will know what to expect when they come to your ministry. When they get used to a certain routine, it makes everything flow a little smoother. They know that, hey, I may not like what's happening right now, but in a little bit, we're going to get snack or something, and I love that, so I'm willing to sit still and quiet for this part of the lesson because I know there's something else coming. I know what to expect in the future, and I'm really looking forward to that. Or if they're doing something that they really enjoy, they know ahead of time, hey, I know that I'm only going to have 10 minutes or so to play on this playground, so I'm going to make the most of it, and then they're, they're not caught off guard when you call them inside. So setting up a routine that way kids know what's coming and what to expect every time they show up at your ministry can just help everything run smoother. And right along with that is the next one, which is give warnings for transitions. Anytime you're switching from one activity to another or one part of the lesson to another, where especially if kids have to stop what they're doing, get up and go somewhere else, giving them a five-minute warning, two-minute warning, something like that, can make that transition time go a lot easier because that's where a lot of disciplinary problems arise is during that transition when you're trying to get a kid to stop doing something they want to do and go and do something that they don't want to do or they think that they don't want to do problems come up but if you warn them ahead of time if you say hey you're only going to have a little bit longer and then we have to go do this it just they're prepared and it helps them to not have a big, strong, negative reaction when you tell them, okay, time to go in five minutes. All right, we're burning through these. The next one is positive reinforcement. Look for opportunities to praise the kids, especially the kids that are usually misbehaving. A lot of times misbehavior can come from a place of wanting more attention or wanting your attention because kids have been taught by uh, the other adults in their life growing up that, hey, the only way I can get attention from an adult is when I'm in trouble. Otherwise, I just get ignored. And that's not always the case. But a lot of, for a lot of times, if you, especially if you have kids with trauma, that can be the case. And we don't want to keep reinforcing that. We don't want the only time we interact with these kids to be when they're in trouble. We want them to have as much positive interaction with us as they possibly can because it's going to help build that relationship. I mean, think about if the only time you ever talked to somebody, they were upset with you or you were getting in trouble, you wouldn't really want to talk with that person or be around them very much. So look for as many opportunities as you possibly can to praise these kids for good behavior. And also when you have to correct bad behavior and administer discipline, I didn't, I should have said this in the last, one of the last two episodes, but do it and get it over with as quickly as possible and then ignore it, move past it. It's once it's the discipline, the correction has happened, pretend like it never happened. It's over. You don't continue to give attention to negative, bad behavior. You want to give as much praise and positive attention as possible to good behavior and bad behavior you deal with and then you forget about. And something that we never want to do, and this is kind of the next one as well, number eight, is you never want to punish a kid for good behavior, which I know sounds ridiculous. Why in the world would you ever do that? But I don't think it's something that we choose consciously to do, but I think it's something that happens a lot, especially if you have a child or a teen who is just consistently breaking rules, consistently causing problems and disrupting your ministry and you start to get annoyed. 
you start to get a little bit angry or frustrated with this kid because they're just always breaking the rules. And then one day they come up and they don't break the rules. And they, let's say they, the kid does a drawing and comes up and wants to show you this drawing that they worked on. But because you are still irritated at them for how badly they've been behaving, you just kind of like, yeah, okay. You look at the drawing, yeah, great, go sit down. Okay, that's a horrible reaction. And you're punishing them when they're doing something good. You're teaching them, hey, when you try to show me your drawings and be on your best behavior, it doesn't get any kind of attention or reward from me at all. If you want my attention, you got to misbehave, all right? We're doing the same thing that I was just talking about. We want to avoid doing. So make sure that you don't let your emotions get the best of you and start punishing them when they're being good by ignoring all of the good stuff that they do because you're irritated about the bad stuff that they've done. Does that make sense? I hope. Okay, last one, and kind of just goes right along with what we've just been talking about, but you just want to always consistently respond with love. So, and that's the mantra of this show, really. At the end of every episode, I say love the kids all the time, no matter what responding, not reacting. We don't want to react out of emotion. We want to be able to consider what's going on, take in the whole situation, and make a good, loving response to good behavior, to bad behavior, to anything and everything that happens in our youth ministry. We need to be able to respond and not react. We need to be able to respond out of love and not react out of random emotion. And if you ever feel yourself becoming too emotional or angry or upset, if kids can ever see that you're angry at them, you need to back up and let somebody else handle that problem because you're about to do a lot of damage to that relationship. And I know it's hard sometimes. I've had kids kick and bite and spit in my face and yell horrible things about me and other people and other kids. And it's tough sometimes. But thankfully, we're not relying on our own strength to be able to do this, right? We're relying on God. Remember the very first episode of this podcast, I talked about the first priority of ministry has to be your own relationship with God. So lean into Him and let His love be the love that you're showing to these kids. Just remember, love the kids all the time, no matter what. I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode. At the time of recording this, we have five reviews on Apple Podcasts and four on Spotify. I would love it if you could go and increase that number by one. It'd mean a lot to me and let me know that you are out there, you're listening, and you're enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening.